Welcome to the Encourageous Podcast. My name is Angel Clark, and I'll be your host. Everyone goes through difficult things in life, but it takes a special type of person to use their pain to help others. That's exactly the kind of people you're going to hear from here on Encourageous. Each episode will tell the story of someone who not only survived their struggle, but is thriving. Join us for vulnerable, firsthand testimonies that will inspire you to press on. Get ready to be encouraged. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Encourageous podcast. Um, I want to thank anyone who is listening right now or anyone who has listened. Um, and also, if you have given this podcast a rating, I so, so, so greatly appreciate that. Um, if you have not done that, it would be so, so meaningful to me if you would just go whichever platform you're listening to right now. Um, some of them you just follow, like Spotify, or on Apple Podcast, you click the number of stars, or you can write a review. If you would do that, that would mean the world to me. Um, being a bi-weekly podcast, I don't get as much of the traffic as a weekly podcast does, so I appreciate your support in that. Well, today I have a a guest with me who is actually no I don't I, it's me it's just me so sorry if I disappointed anyone but um, my topic for today is invisible scars um, and I'm gonna be speaking about my infant and pregnancy loss um, journey that I have gone on so for anyone who doesn't know I had a daughter who passed away in 2011 um, she was born in 2010 and she had a birth defect so she had to be rushed to surgery right away and she spent seven weeks in the NICU um, the neonatal intensive care unit I found out when I was about 13 weeks pregnant that she you know she would have the surgery and had a defect so um, the last half of my pregnancy was pretty stressful with trying to figure out all of her needs and I had to go to a specialist every week I had every imaginable test done that you can think of um, so we definitely kind of knew what we were up against and so then she was in the hospital like I said her diagnosis um, they typically say it was three weeks to 12 weeks in the hospital and she spent seven so it was right in the middle kind of what they were telling us and so she had some issues um, it was an intestinal disorder so her stomach was very sensitive and she threw up all the time and um, you know, we kind of just thought that that was part of her recovery recovery uh, journey, I guess you could say. So then right before she turned a year, she went in for shots, like right after her first birthday. And then like two weeks later, she was starting to have paralysis in one side of her body, um, the right side. So we kind of noticed that was funky. Um, took her to the hospital. Turns out it was a brain tumor. It was um, it was called ATRT. It's a very very uh, spreads quickly. What's the word I'm looking for? Invasive um, malignant brain tumor. So she spent months in the hospital and had several surgeries. And we did chemo. And it w it just got to the point where um, the doctors pulled us in and told us she's you know she's not going to make it. So we called all of our friends and our family and we were all gathered in the hospital and then 
we woke up the next morning and she was still there. So we, we kind of had a lot of hope as far as, oh, well, maybe they were wrong. And then um, that was in September. So then right during the height of that, um, maybe just a day or two before that, like she, this was in the beginning of September. So maybe like September 4th or 5th or something like that, I, um, I had something I had to go to the doctor for, so I called my doctor, of course, and they were going to fax in a prescription for me, and she said to me, um, there's no way you're pregnant, right? And I said, well, I, I mean, I don't think I am, and she said, oh, no, 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 you have to let me know for sure, because this prescription we're going to put you on can cause a birth defect, so it's, you know, quite a big deal. So she said, go to Publix, take a pregnancy test, if it's negative, call me, and we'll give you this prescription if it's positive we'll have to write you a different one so of course I'm sitting there thinking like of course during all this is I'm dealing with my daughter having cancer and dying so um you know I wasn't really good about taking my birth control pills and I wasn't really good about when I was eating and I was sleep deprived it was a very stressful time and I pretty much put my myself and my needs on the back burner and just focused on my daughter, um, you know, because she needed me, obviously. At this point, she was um, September, so June, July. She was like a year and four months old. Um, so, go to Publix with my husband, and sure enough, the test comes back positive. Um, to say I was shocked would be an understatement. Um, and to say I was excited was, you know, I wouldn't be telling the truth if I said, my initial reaction was excitement. So I come out and my husband is like, he's super excited. Um, and so I call the doctor, we get the other script, everything's fine. Um, well, then a couple days later, I started having some bleeding. So at this point, um, I told just like my close family members, I, I didn't really tell, you know, I didn't post on Facebook or anything like that. Um, so at this point, only my very close circle knows all of a sudden, I started having some cramping and some bleeding. And so I called my doctor, and she says, okay, well, you know, that's not exactly, like, don't be super alarmed, but that's really not a super good sign. Um, so why don't you come on in? So I went into the office. Luckily, where my daughter was getting cancer treatment was right down the street from my OB, so that worked out nicely. We go down to the office, and I have an ultrasound, and there is no heartbeat. So at this point, the baby had already passed away. And my doctor said, you know, your, your body's going to have a miscarriage. So you can either do a DNC, which is where, you know, where we go in and take a, take whatever's left out. Or you can take this pill to cause a miscarriage. It's like a, it pretty much like sends your body into shock and like forces the pregnancy out. Or you can just kind of let it happen naturally and see what happens. So I thought, you know, this is my first time around. I'm going to try the first option. I'm going to just see what happens. Um, and then a couple days later, I was walking around and it just, you know, just kind of happened. So that was the first miscarriage I had. Um, and then actually even a couple days later, there was more. And so my grandma was with me at that point and she said it looked like another fetal sac. So we were still not certain, but I could have actually been carrying twins at that point. So my husband, of course, from that point on was like, oh, well, maybe our next one will be twins. Um, so far, no luck with that. But 
So this was in September, and then in December, my daughter passes away. So after the miscarriage in September, I really just, I was excited for a minute, and then the miscarriage happened pretty quickly, so I kind of lost all the excitement, and I just went back to like, okay, it's not a big deal. You know, I'm going to focus on my daughter. I don't even need to worry about what just happened. Like, I'm going to shove that under the rug. So then I noticed that after she passed away, I really started kind of feeling the feelings more that I was refusing to acknowledge. Um, you know, having a miscarriage is a very sad thing, especially for a woman, in, you know, who is already losing a child on top of that to ha- lose a pregnancy. It's It was a very emotional time, and I really just kind of, I guess I didn't really let myself deal with it, I guess you could say. So then after my daughter passes away, I am like, okay, immediately I wanted to get pregnant. I just was like ready, like right away. So I'm trying and trying and months go by and no pregnancy. Um, And it became an obsession for me. I really, I was to the point where that's really all I could think about was like, okay, well, so-and-so wants us to go on this vacation with them, but if I and pregnant, I won't be able to fly, and so maybe we should wait. I, I began basing everything around my life as, you know, as if I would be pregnant or if I could be pregnant at that point. Um, or if a friend of mine was getting married, I'm like, oh, I can't drink at the bachelorette party just in case I'm pregnant. I was, pretty much my whole life became about it. So, first miscarriage was in 2011, September, um, and then 2012 came around, and on Mother's Day... 2012 I found out I was pregnant so I thought like oh my goodness this is like the best present ever happiest mother's day of my life um and so then I went into the doctor and of course we my whole family was like over the moon so excited at this point um whereas my first miscarriage I had like some mixed feelings I was kind of not planning to be pregnant so I was like oh shoot um but with the second one I was super super planned I was like very intentional um so I go in a couple days after Mother's Day and my doctor says you know I hate to tell you this but there's a heartbeat and it's very 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 faint and so I said well isn't that a good sign I mean last time when I came in there was no heartbeat and this time there is a heartbeat so isn't that like shouldn't we be happy about that and she said well unfortunately the heartbeat is so low that you know, it should be a certain point, and if it doesn't reach that, it's most likely not a viable pregnancy, so I hate to tell you this, but um, it's not going to recover. You're going to end up having another miscarriage, and I remember being so devastated, and I, at that point, that one was really hard because I, I got that surge of excitement, like from the minute I found out I was pregnant, and then your dreams, you know, kind of get crushed right in front of you, um, so that, that one was really hard. And then, so I had the same exact options to let it happen naturally, to try the pill, or to have the DNC. So, of course, the first time I it, my body did what it was supposed to do. So I'm like, well, we'll just do that. Well, two weeks later, I was still pregnant. Uh, nothing, you know, no cramps, no bleeding, no nothing. My body just was not beginning the process. Um... And I'd heard from friends about the pill, and I actually found out that um, 
one of the options for the pill is methotrexate, and it's actually a chemotherapy drug, and it can cause infertility. So I was super against that. I was obviously not going to try that. So two weeks later, I went back in, and she said, look, it, you know, I know you don't want to do the pill, but your body's not getting the process going. We're going to have to go in and do a DNC. So I went into Winnie Palmer, and which is where my daughter was born. So, of course, that was a really hard... Um, you know, it was hard going in there because everyone, when you go in, they expect you're going in there for happy to get an ultrasound or to see a baby or, and then to go in and come out with no baby is, um, kind of a really, I, I don't even know how to describe it. There's just, it's just this empty, awful feeling like you see all these other moms coming out with their babies and their healthy babies and it's just, you're happy for them, but on a, another note, you're really sad for yourself so and then you feel selfish for being angry um you know you start to deal with all those emotions of like am I a terrible person because I'm not happy for this mom um we decided to take a break because I just couldn't deal with the loss anymore at that point um especially after my daughter and then the first miscarriage so I said to my husband like let's just take a break so I got back on birth control for a few months and then I decided you know what it's it's time again. Let's let's see if we can, uh, you know, have a successful pregnancy. So I found out I was pregnant again, and I am like so 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 excited. Um, in between, so after my second miscarriage, my doctor referred me to the Center for Reproductive Medicine, um, and so I was undergoing like fertility treatments, and they were giving me the progesterone shots. Um, those are no fun, by the way. You have to give yourself a shot. Like I had to do it in like top of my butt because I'm not a very big person and they tell you to do it in like a meaty spot so I had like pin marks you know from having to stab myself twice a day every day um and then you have to rotate sides you can't use the same injection site every time so it was not a fun experience um but I was willing to do it you know for for the the sake of getting pregnant um so I Finally, I'm doing the progesterone and I get a positive test. So I am like over the moon excited. So then I go into for my appointment. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was doing blood work. So every 48 hours I had to go in for blood work. So after like two or three weeks of that, um, finally my doctor calls me and she's like, look, something's not right with your testing. You need to come in right away. And I actually was, um, I was in college at that point. It was late May of 2013, and it was a summer term. Because um, the, the spring semester had just ended in the beginning of May. And then in later May, I was in the summer, like a, a partial summer term. And if anyone has ever taken like a partial summer course, you know it's like a 16-week course packed into like six or seven weeks. So it's incredibly difficult. You have lectures Monday through Thursday. You have labs Friday. Like it's very intense. So I remember I was at one of my labs and I got a call from my doctor and they were like, you need to come in right away. And I'm like, well, I'm, I can't miss school. I'm already crunched for time and they're like well you're like your health is in danger I'm like oh okay now you've got my attention so I go into my doctor's office and they tell me so your HCG levels which is the hormone that like the biggest hormone in your pregnancy is supposed to double every single day in your first trimester and mine started doubling 
And then all of a sudden it just completely plateaued. And I was like, okay, well, what does that mean? And they're like, well, we're going to have to bring you in and examine you, but it, it could mean several things. And obviously, it, you know, it's not a very good situation. So at this point, I'm like, oh, geez. So I go in for the ultrasound and the doctor looks at me and she says, yep, it's what I thought. I'm like, what do you mean? What did you think it was? So at this point, I actually had, it's called an ectopic pregnancy or fallopian tube pregnancy, which is basically where when your egg is dropping out of your fallopian tube, it actually gets implanted instead of down in your uterus, which is where it's supposed to. It actually attaches to your fallopian tube. And the problem with that is that your tubes are very, very, very small. And as your pregnancy grows, your tube can actually burst. And women have actually died from this. Um, my first option was to just wait a couple days, see what happens. My second option was to take the pill, which is the same pill they offered me for the miscarriages, um, to kind of cause my body to have a miscarriage. And then the third option was to have surgery right away, which would mean, um, you know, anyone who knows math, you have two fallopian tubes. Your ovaries are attached to that, so it cuts your chances of getting pregnant pretty much in 50% because women seem to ovulate randomly. So it depend, you know, just depends on which side you ovulate on. So it really could decrease your, it, it doesn't stop you from getting pregnant in the future, but it decreases your chances. So I, obviously none of those options were good. So I asked her if I could just have a little bit of time. So at this point, the doctor's office was closing. So she said, you know what? I understand this is a very difficult situation for you. So I'm going to give you an hour and then, cause you know, I have to finish up my stuff so I really don't have much time because I have to call the ER if you or the OR if you choose to have the surgery and we have to coordinate things so please accept that and let me know so I went outside with my mom and at this point I'm calling my husband to let him know and see what he thinks and I really couldn't decide I just I had this feeling this like deep down feeling that I needed to have the surgery but I was bucking against that because like I said, I'd already had the problems keeping a pregnancy, and so now this was going to cut my chances in half, and I just was so scared of what that would mean for getting pregnant again. But I just, deep down, I just had this sense of, like, I need to do the surgery. So I called the doctor, and I said, go ahead and schedule my surgery. She said, okay, this was at, like, 5 o'clock p.m. on a Tuesday. And so she said, okay, tomorrow morning, be at the hospital at 6 a.m. to get pre-op and, like, here this is all the stuff you need to do to get yourself ready for surgery tomorrow. And she said, if at any point you experience any pain, any pain at all, even if you feel like a light, you know, like period cramp, anything at all, rush to the ER. Cause like that, cause that could mean that your tube has burst and you could bleed out. You could die from that. So I like got like no sleep that night, of course, cause I was panicking and like every single time I felt something, I was like, Oh no. And so my husband, my poor husband, I kept like nudging him like, should we go? He's like, no, you're fine. So we get to the hospital at like 5 or 6 a.m. I think it was 6 a.m. I do my pre-op stuff, get all ready. And by the time I got to the OR, like when they opened me up, um, my tube had burst. And so my abdomen was filled with blood. And so, of course, I didn't know that because I'm under anesthesia. I'm passed out. So she, the doctor came out to my family because my family is so supportive. They're always like, they show up for everything. I love my family so much. So it was my parents, my grandparents, my husband, and my sister. I remember. And I think my brother-in-law might have been there too, but I can't remember. So that she comes out to them and she said that, you know, it's, 
she's lucky to be alive because if she had chosen to wait, because one of my options was to wait a couple days, kind of take some time. She said if she had chosen that, she would be dead. So I remember something that my parents told me and my husband was that one thing she said to them was, you know, you're not leaving the hospital with a baby, but you're also leaving here with, you know, with your wife and your daughter. So, because of course they were upset for the pregnancy loss and they were feeling bad for me. And she said, you know, just remember that even though you're not leaving here with a baby, you're leaving here with her alive. You know, not everybody, I mean, there's women who have died from ectopic pregnancies. So it's definitely, um, it was definitely a dire kind of situation. And the crazy thing about that is I... I just remember being after that miscarriage the third one I was my anger just skyrocketed I mean it was to the point where I didn't even want to talk about kids or babies with anyone like if some I found out somebody was pregnant um I kind of stopped hanging out with that person or I would try to not look at their pictures on Facebook um I just really I was really in a bad spot emotionally um and so that's something that I want to point out about miscarriages. I read somewhere in an article once that women who have experienced miscarriages are undergoing a similar type of psychological trauma as women who are undergoing cancer treatments. Um, It just has that big of an effect, which I guess you could never understand unless you've been through it because it seems like, well, that doesn't make any sense. And really it's I mean, as a woman, and even you think back to biblical times, the purpose of women was to have kids and raise kids. That's it. That was their sole purpose. Cook, clean, keep the house nice, you know. Um, And so not being able to have a baby was considered a curse. And so even in today's society, it's women are expected to and also really want to have children. So I I also read that um, there's a lot of studies that show anxiety and depression in women who have experienced miscarriages and a lot of it is even um, PTSD um, and some other things are they you know they experience these effects for years it's not like you have a miscarriage and then the next day you're fine like it takes time not only for your body to recuperate but your you know your mental state because I can say that I now have two healthy children they are um, my oldest is five and my youngest is three and they, you know, as they were infants, I still struggled with, I had really bad anxiety and like, especially during their pregnancy even of like, well, what if this is another miscarriage or what if it happens again, you know? Um, and so that was years after, I mean, my first son, I got pregnant in 2014. So that was at least a whole year after. And then my second son was 2016 so that's three years after and I still had those terrible like you know recurring feelings of fear so what what helped me if you're wondering during that time so I'm speaking to anyone who is undergoing infertility you know if you're not able to get pregnant even or if you've had a miscarriage I'm speaking to you now um the first thing that helped me is medical intervention like I said before Um, my OB referred me to the Center for Reproductive Medicine and they did literally every test you could ever think of. Um, you know, they checked if there's any sort of bacteria that's helping you, or I guess I should say causing you to not get pregnant. Um, 
they check your fallopian tubes to make sure that there's no blockages. They do blood work. They do every possible kind of test you can imagine um, just to kind of let you know. And then they also administer progesterone or they help you with in vitro. So I cannot recommend them enough. That was really kind of helped me feel like I was doing something. Because a lot of times when you have a miscarriage, you feel like you did something wrong. And so when you're getting these tests, it's proving to you like, oh, sometimes miscarriages happen. It's not something you do. You know, one of my miscarriages came back and had um, trisomy, which is where the baby gets two sets of my husband's chromosomes and only one set of mine instead of one and one. So that really gave me, that was after my DNC, um, it gave me a lot of peace to know that it wasn't something I ate or it wasn't because I slept on the wrong side, you know, because they tell you to sleep on your left side or whatever. Um, it really gave me a lot of peace to know that it wasn't something I did that was causing these miscarriages. And next, I met with an endocrinologist, which actually was awesome because I had some stuff going on with my hormones. My blood sugar was way, way off. The way my body was processing that was I was pre-diabetic, which I was super surprised to find out because usually diabetic people are, you know, large people. And I'm, you know, a lot of obese people struggle with that. And I'm not that at all. But also, I found out that a lot of underweight people struggle with that because you're your insulin receptors are on your muscles. And people who are obese obviously don't have a good muscle tone because it's covered with fat. Um, but people who are underweight don't have good muscle tone either. So they just have weak muscles. Um, and so they recommended me a diet program. Um, they recommended me to exercise and they gave me specific types of what to do. And the dietitian was awesome. She gave me all these little booklets about what to eat and how much to eat. And so they told me I needed to gain weight and I actually gained 10 pounds, and shortly after that is when I got pregnant with my first son. Then the other thing that I thought really helped was acupuncture. I have a friend who her dad has been doing acupuncture for, oh my goodness, like 20 years, and he is always, always, always swarmed by it. But I, I was never super into holistic type treatments, because my family's from the medical field, so I'm very much more towards that route. But I did, I tried acupuncture, and after my ectopic, it, I was having, I was anemic, um, I was having headaches, I was having insomnia, I was having infertility, all that stuff, and I did acupuncture for just a couple months, and it really helped reduce a lot of my symptoms, so I do, and then also my cousin was having infertility, and she did acupuncture per my recommendation, um, and she said the same thing, so I've known other women who have had good results with it too, so if you haven't yet, definitely, definitely try, um, modifying your diet, exercise, seeing an endocrinologist, going to acupuncture, all those things I feel like really, really helped me. The next thing I did was I read. I read a lot of scriptures. I read every book possible you could think about as far as getting pregnant or staying pregnant. I actually really liked one called Infertility for Dummies, and that one was, you know, any of the dummies books are really easy to read, which is the whole point of them. So I found I found it at like a thrift store or something, and I actually passed it on to another friend after I finished it, so I hope it gave her some good results too. Um, and I read articles, I did any kind of research to think about, you know, what are some things I can do, because oftentimes you do, you blame yourself when you have a miscarriage, so it's good to know what worked for other people, or to even just hear other people say like, this is, you know, it's not your fault. So, and then the third thing I did was I did what I'm doing right now. I talked about it. I didn't know, it's, a lot of women don't 
talk about it. And that's why I labeled this episode Invisible Scars because so many times women, you know, I would open up about my struggle and women I've known for years would come out and say, oh, yeah, well, I never really told anyone, but I've had a miscarriage or, oh, you know, I was kind of embarrassed. I didn't really know how people would react, so I never told anyone. Or they just, some of them said it was just too too painful to talk about. So I really, really found that it helped a lot just to be able to talk to people, just to see how common it is. I actually read a statistic somewhere that one in four women will experience a miscarriage and almost half of all pregnancies end in miscarriage. Um, it was, or no, maybe it was a quarter quarter of all anyway I just read it a little bit ago I should remember this better I guess it's kind of getting past my bedtime so my brain's starting to go a little haywire but either way um, miscarriage is a lot more common than you would realize and I feel like there it there's a therapeutic value to just talking about it and to hearing other women's stories and just knowing you're not alone so one thing that didn't help me I would say the anti-helpful thing was statements like people would say oh well at least you lost the pregnancy early or it wasn't meant to be things like that were not helpful so just right now to anyone who is listening who has someone you know your loved one is going through a miscarriage or just had one or is struggling with infertility don't say those things those things are not helpful in any way and I just want to encourage you to be supportive. Um, you know, sometimes it looks like being willing to talk to your spouse or your partner, you know, if they're desperate to talk about it, let them talk about it. Don't shy away, you know. It's something that I feel like especially men struggle with. They don't want to talk about it. But if your partner who had the miscarriage is really wanting to talk about it, you know, there there can be a therapy in you know, you opening up and letting her talk about it, or at least not encouraging her to not talk about it. But also to the other token of everyone grieves differently, and when you go through miscarriage or if you lose a child, especially if you lose a child, you know, it's it's a grieving process, and everybody grieves differently. So if your spouse does not want to talk about it, forcing them obviously is not good. Um, so I, I guess I would just, the token of advice from that would be, just kind of go off of what your partner is needing and respect whatever that is. Because I know my husband and I didn't see eye to eye on that. And he, he never he wouldn't really open up very much about it. So looking back, I wish we had more of a dialogue because maybe it would have helped you know suppress some of my symptoms if I could have talked to him about it. Because obviously, I can talk to anyone about it, but the person you really would want to talk to is the person whose child it would have been, you know? But luckily, I, like I said earlier, I do have an awesome family, so I did have a really, really good support system. But yeah, I guess I would just say to be sensitive to whatever it is that your partner is needing from you in that time, you know, in that rough time, especially right after and even months after it can be difficult, but... Yeah, so those uh, that's my little story, and I hope that it brings encouragement just to let you know you're not alone, and also just to say that I'm here. If you are experiencing infertility or miscarriages, um, you can totally, totally reach out to me. I can be the person to talk to you if you need someone, um, you know, especially someone who's impartial, since, you know, I'm obviously not going to judge you for whatever has happened in your life that has you know, led you to this moment. Um, it's definitely 
I know a lot of women, if they have an abortion, they feel bad if later in life they have a miscarriage. And I, you know, I, that's not fair. I, I, even though you had an abortion, I don't think it's fair to blame yourself for having a miscarriage. I just want to put that out there. So if that's you, then please know I'm a safe person to talk to. There's also a, um, an abortion support group called Beauty for Ashes that you can reach out to. And that's all women who have had abortions. And it's just, you know, a really good resource too. If that's something that you, you know, you're feeling some guilt, um, that's a good place for you to start to talk about. So yeah, I don't believe that any woman deserves to experience a miscarriage or pregnancy lost or lose a child. That's, it's not something I think anyone deserves. So I'm here to just encourage anyone if you need someone to talk to I can be that person for you you can reach out to me on Instagram and Facebook at the encourages podcast also if you don't have social because I know some people like to stay off of social media which is totally fine that's the case you can email me and my email is the encourages podcast all spelled out t-h-e-e-n-c-o-u-r-a-g-e-o-u-s-p-o-d-c-a-s-t at gmail.com it's like the longest email address ever I just realized that I'm like why did I pick such a long podcast name what was I thinking I just should have done like angels podcast or something oh well that's not as catchy I feel like as the encourages podcast so yeah my point is to just encourage ladies and let you know you're not alone if you have experienced this and if you're walking through it now I would love for you to reach out to me and I can be a support system for you so I hope everyone stays safe and has a wonderful 4th of July weekend. Thank you for listening to the Encourageous Podcast. I hope today's story left you feeling encouraged and inspired. Come back every other Thursday for a new episode and be sure to subscribe. Your support makes a world of a difference, especially for a new and bi-weekly podcast like this one. If you want to connect with me on social, you can find me on both Instagram and Facebook at The Encourageous Podcast. Until next time, stay encourageous. Encourageous.